0: Hi, everyone. This is California News, a podcast that brings you the latest news from across California. Now, here's your host,
1: Dr. Carlos.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Well, today we have a great guest, Rodney Korn. He's the director of the Education. And today we're going to be talking about powerlifting, Olympic lifting and a whole lot more. So I can't wait to talk to him about this. He's got an MS in biomechanics from the California State University, Chico, and he's also got a BS in psychology and exercise science. He's also certified through different organizations, and he's worked seven years with NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine. If you know who they are, then you know. But if you don't, you should definitely look them up. It's a highly reputable company in the world of personal training and strength and conditioning coaches. So today we're going to be talking again, as I mentioned, about Olympic lifting. This is just for athletes. Well, we're gonna find out what Rodney has to say about that. Before we do, you know what to do: share, subscribe, hit that like button. You know we like it. Let's not waste any more time. We're gonna the show, Mr. Rodney Cloran. Welcome.
1: Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate being here.
0: Thank you very much for doing this. Um, I guess that's the first question because I've, I've been seeing a lot of this changing in the world of strength and conditioning, where people are starting to use things. And I'm talking about seniors, 65, 70, 75, and they're like, <clears throat> I can't do that. That's <laughs> not for me. Um, but let me do this. How, why don't you define for us a little bit, what is Olympic lifting? What does that consist
1: of? So Olympic lifting is basically the two primary lifts, <clears throat> excuse me, of the snatch and then the clean and jerk. So the clean and jerk is one lift but it can be broken up into two lifts so when we hear the word or the phrase olympic weightlifting it's specific to those two particular lifts and they're basically from the snatches just going from the ground to overhead in one motion and the clean is going from the ground to about shoulder height in one motion and then overhead in the second motion in a pressing motion so that's what the two lifts are
0: And what do they do for the athlete what kind of benefits do they give them
1: Well, there are many so one of the primary ones from athletic performance is rate of force development so rate of force development think of it as an acceleration button so it's how fast can we summate the the motor units to fire and sync as fast as we can and turn on and so how can we access as much of our motor units as possible in in the shortest amount of time which ultimately is power so that's what it does. And from, a, from an overall purpose, obviously that's one of the most important things for an athlete. Uh, athletes need to have power. They need to have rate of force development because most things in athletics are explosive and people even golf. Golf is an explosive sport because when you get up to that end, it's how fast can you get that, that club head to move and club head speed obviously has an association with your, your ability to be a good golfer. So in, in whatever parameters you're in the rate of force production is one of the biggest ones and it also has the ability to create coordination so it's about syncing and linking different movements all together so it's creating a coordinated effort which is extremely important because that's a lot of what sports is about and then it has both triple extension and triple flexion so any any sport that's ground based where it's using any form of running running requires both triple extension and triple flexion and most people don't realize that Weightlifting has triple flexion involved in it because you have to forcibly get under the bar, which means you have to make yourself flex, whereas most people always think, well, I'm extending, I'm extending. Well, you can extend all you want, but I I just just did a a workshop with a a pre-C speed school down in San Diego, and we had this conversation that when you're sprinting or you're running, it's how fast you can get your knee up as well as how fast you can get it down, so it's both of those um, used Abby Steiner as, as, as an example, who's a cult collegiate sprinter, just phenomenal sprinter. Um, but she's, she is extremely good at having a very fast hip flexion moment that, that occurs when she runs, and they've shown it on some videos. So that, those are some of the, 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 the minor benefits. But for the everyday person, when you look at that, is power is as important, they're finding now, as important, if not even in some cases more so than just muscle mass or strength, because the ability to access your strength is vitally important, especially as we age. So it's not just how much muscle mass you have, which it is important. And it's not just the strength, but it's how fast you access that strength in order to overcome any type of unstable situation that you may have in life, especially as we get older. So a lot of, a lot of benefits.
0: Absolutely. We're going to cover, I guess, some of those more specifically, too. By the way, folks, I didn't spell out Aleiko for you. It's E-L-E-I-K-O, E-L-E-I-K-O. You can find Rodney over on LinkedIn. If you wanted to ask him any other questions or connect with him over there, go check him out. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because people don't usually think of it in that capacity. It's a very, um, I'm trying to think of any superstars that I remember <laughs> in the Olympic powerlifting days, but I'm sure there's big names just escaping me from right now. Do you find that a lot of coaches sometimes fall prey to that? They, they kind of get wedded too much to one particular movement, like the triple extension. Everybody's got to do the triple extension, and then they kind of forget. that it doesn't Everything works together. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, that, that happens quite often Is we get locked into buzzwords and phrases. Uh, I know in the early 2000s for about 10 years, it was core. Everything was about the core. And the core is great, but – People always define the core and they box the core in between your chest and your, your waist, but the core extends all the way down to your feet. So there's, there's so much more to it than that. And that's where, uh, one of the, I think one of the challenges in the fitness industry often is we take a concept and, and then we kind of make it into a little microcosm and it becomes its own little entity. And then so many people lose sight of exactly what you just said. Uh, Dr. Vasquez is how does all of this stuff link and what else do you need and what is associated with that? And and one of the challenges with that is as new people come into the industry, they may hear the word or learn the concept, but they haven't learned where that concept sits in a whole plethora of, of information and or movement patterns in this particular case. So yes, that that's a very common, um, after being in the industry, educating for quarter century now that happens over and over and over the latest one is mobility that's where everyone gets stuck on a word and then they and then recovery is the up and coming new one where they get stuck in a word and it's like most people don't understand what that really is they just look at things so it's it's always fun because it creates the opportunity for conversation
0: that's right <laughs> Marketing, I think, really has a huge influence on that. They just yeah. love to attach themselves to one concept for a while and run with it.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. It's kind of a yeah. Thirty years ago, geez, thirty years ago was a lot of stuff like that running around. <laughs> yep. Today's world's a little bit. I don't even know if it's a much better today or not. I can't tell. I mean, there's a lot of people with good information, a lot of people with bad. I don't know where I'm at with it anymore.
1: No, it's you know what's interesting. You bring that up. I had a I had a workshop that I taught with um, our other educator Patrick Patrick Wormel down in Austin. We taught for a big group of crunch fitness uh, top trainers. And it was funny because one of the trainers in there was 21 years old. So he was, he wasn't even born when I started in the industry and his, some of his questions that he was asking and some of the questions that the younger trainers in that group were asking were the exact same questions that people have been asking for the last 25, 30 years. So One of my statements to the older people that have been training for quite a while is why are we asking the same questions and having the same challenges and not giving any answers 30 years later, 25 years later into this industry? Hmm. So as awesome as we like to think we're doing, because individually we may be growing or expanding collectively in in the industry, there's not a whole lot that has changed. It's just how it's being delivered has now changed. Where I get my information is now changed. It's no longer through a magazine. It's no longer through necessarily just one educational entity. Uh, it's no longer through the, the PT on the net back in the, in the early, early days. It's now <laughs> I'll go to Instagram and I'm following somebody. I'm getting something off of TikTok, or whatever it is. And uh, that, that makes a big, big difference. There's so much, more, so much more variety to where and how I get my information. And then sometimes the information going back to the original question that you asked is do people get stuck at things? A lot of people get stuck in one area and we have to realize that no matter how much we know about our industry, you don't know everything nobody out there knows everything and so the more you're you're honed into just one area the less you know about other areas you may not understand how they all work or complement everything so i always tell people just just be very humble because there's always somebody out there who knows more than you about something
0: that's true that's what they say a lot in the mma world there's always somebody who can beat you eventually (laughs) (laughs) i don't know we'll talk about mma too I'm a big fan of that and uh i participate in a lot of those activities and i'd be kind of interested to see what route olympic lifting can provide for them and you make some great points because it really is difficult for the general population and this is one of the reasons i have the shows one thing i learned after i get my doctors, is i realized how much i didn't know yeah. i learned a lot i'm not saying i didn't but i learned a lot more about what i didn't know <laughs> it's like right. holy cow there's just so much And like you said you can expand on every topic you can get become a doctor in every single bloody topic in the world of fitness it's just amazing how big yeah. it really is. And I guess back to Olympic lifting, is there muscle hypertrophy involved here too? Can we, can a person grow muscle off of Olympic lifting?
1: Yeah, always. Any Anytime you're training for the most part, and depending on where you're at in your training journey. So obviously an elite lifter who's been doing that, they're probably not going to get the same hypertrophy as someone who's starting out doing it. So, but the, the bottom line is yes, absolutely. And it's going to depend on your programming scheme too. How much Olympic lifting are you doing? What's the volume of it? What can your body tolerate? How much recovery you're getting, all the factors that go into creating hypertrophy? But the short answer, absolutely, you definitely can.
0: And how do you do that in a periodization? I mean, do you have to be careful with that? Do you, would you have it your own? And I know periodization, I just had a conversation with Cal Dietz. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Cal Dietz. Mm-hmm. So we had a huge conversation about that, and that was fun. But how do you do that in regards to periodization? Is it something you would do on its own would you add it with other training during the week i mean how would you incorporate is that too big of a question
1: yes you, you kind of do it all so it just comes down to what's your goal where are you at what's your level of ability so for for us when when i look at performance in general it always goes back to what we have at a lake we call a performance system it's hmm. everything starts with ability so it doesn't matter what you're going to do, what you're doing, it's what's your ability. Not only your overall ability in general, your your strength, your mobility, your body ratios, limb ratios, limb lengths, all those different things. That's, that's your ability. Some of those things you can't change, but most of them you can. But it's also your daily ability. How are you each day from day to day to day to day, which that goes into the programming scheme, meaning what stressors do you have today that you didn't have yesterday? What is your stress level? What is your readiness? Basically, how ready are you to do what you're doing? That's where everything starts. But then from there, it depends on what are you trying to train for? If you just want to incorporate Olympic lifts into it, then you can drop them in anywhere you want to. But what you have to be respectful of is an Olympic lift as a total body, depending on how you're doing it, if you're going to do it, in a little bit more explosive fashion, because people always say, well, Olympic lifts have to be explosive. They don't have to be because there are versions or derivatives of the lifts that are a little bit more slow. So you can learn the progression and you can learn the actual, the, the, the process of each lift. So if you're going to do them in an explosive manner, realize that as a total body explosive lift, you're not gonna be able to do the same amount of volume or the same amount of rep set scheme as you would do with bicep curls or bent over rows or something of that nature, uh, even squats. So that's where there is a little bit of variance, a little bit of change in how much you're going to do. And then it's going to be obviously dependent upon what else you plan on doing that day? So number one, what's your ability level? How well trained are you and well versed in the lifts are you? Number two, are you doing them just by themselves that day or are you doing them in conjunction with other lifts in that day? And then that'll depend on how much, how many sets reps, the rep scheme that you want to do. So you're not overtaxing the system and then adding it. So if someone has a regular workout, they do, and then they just want to drop these into that, you're going to you're gonna have a distinctly different volume of training that day. So be prepared for that.
0: You really Otherwise, need to set up that goal.
1: Yeah, you can get some overuse. It's all, it all comes down to you know, who you are, what you're capable of doing, and what, what do you plan on doing.
0: And what's the recovery time on that? Is it like two, two to five minutes or something like that between sets of Olympic lifts or does it matter? Well, oh, yeah, again, it
1: goes back to what are you trying to train for? How heavy are you lifting? <laughs> Anytime you're doing some type of max lift or more maximal lift and you're trying to recover, um, yes, yeah, so there's going to be a longer rest period if you're trying to do the same thing again. So you, you look at CrossFit, CrossFit, they don't care. They won't care about rest depending on what the, what the particular workout of the day is for that. But depending on what you're trying to achieve, then yes, you can increase. Rest. And when you're talking about a little bit more explosive, sometimes there's a little bit more of a neural component to that. So there's a little bit longer rest period sometimes it would take for, for kind of neural recovery than just a more of a, of a just oxygen replenishment, so to speak. So it just depends on, again, what is your level of ability and how much are you taxing your system relative to what you're doing will depend on. recovery status
0: on that you read my mind about crossfit because i think that's where a lot of people are starting to see it and they're incorporating it a lot
1: yeah and crossfit's done done a a ton they've been huge for kind of revitalizing olympic weightlifting because olympic weightlifting in the last few years is about the fastest growing performance training process that there is out there now so it's really started to create a groundswell uh and Thankfully, because that's what we, that's what we teach.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I see that and incredible athletes, when I mean, they the incredible power that they can generate from that. And this, I guess, leads to my first question in regards to what I was curious about bringing you on is um, some people are going to look at these CrossFitters and say, Oh my God, <laughs> I, was, I can't do that. Things are flying everywhere. Um, my shoulder is going to be flying with it so how does someone start we'll pick somebody we'll pick I know this is the toughest part right you gotta start okay i have to start picking different types of athletes and individuals because it gets complicated if we don't but we'll start off with somebody who hasn't trained very much and does resistance training but wants to incorporate a little bit of olympic lifting wants to get a little bit more power where should they begin with this thing
1: well first it's always going to be a good idea if you can have some type of training so you can learn what to do um, uh, hmm. that, that helps because if there's somebody who, whether you take a course, which by the way, we have an online course, if they want to have an online course, you can go through oh, really? it kind of step-by-step, step. but there's, there's a lot of variables that go into it. And again, I'm going to go jump back to ability. So where, what is your ability level? What is, do you have the ability to, to start from the ground? Um, because we can teach it from the ground up, but we can also teach it from the top down. And so that's dependent upon what somebody's ability is. What kind of mobility they have? Are they able to hip hinge and get down to the floor to where they can grab a bar? How strong are they? So we we don't typically start with a bar. We actually will start with some form of dowel rod or even PVC pipe to learn the motion. So that way we're not worried about load and overtraining someone right at the beginning when they're first starting. We're just going through and learning the motions. So what we do is we break it down on a leg and we break it down so there's different positions that you can actually start from, whether it's more at the hip position or mid-thigh, depending on whether it's a snatch or a clean, uh, more of a knee position or more at the, the floor or what we call shin. So shin, knee, hip, mid-thigh position is where you can start. And then from there, there's different actions that you have. So there's a shrugging action, there's a shrug high pull action, and then there's the actual pull under where you're then either getting under the bar, whether it's a clean or whether it's a snatch, or getting under the bar. So we teach them in positions, learn how to get into the positions, and then how to do the actions from those positions. So when someone wants to keep it very simple, instead of starting from the ground and trying to work all the way up before you get to any, we'll start right at the hip area. And start getting into the shrug motions that you're going to have to have, and then get into the shrug high pull, and then get into the pull the, the pull under, as we call it. So we break it down, and that way it'll make it easy for most people to learn the process. Then it's just a matter of how much load can I actually tolerate and still maintain my form. And even though you're not using what you may perceive to be a lot of load you're still working and generating a little bit more of an explosive movement. So you're starting to create an instant enhancement in performance, even if you're not using massive amounts of weight, like you would see in the Olympics, because you don't have to be an Olympic weightlifter competing on stage to gain benefits from that. So that's kind of part one. Part two is a lot of times, if you struggle with certain pull unders or certain catches of these particular lifts, You can just do the pulling derivatives, so whether you're pulling from the knee or from the hip or even from the floor all the way, but you're just going into a a drive shrug, shrug. some people call it a jump shrug, some people call it a power shrug. Um, You could just do that because those have been shown to have some of the highest power outputs of any lift. And that's getting you in a triple extension. What you're not getting is you're not getting the triple flexion that you would get from a catch or a full catch, meaning I'm going into a full squat position. So those are things and there's various ways is that you can slowly progress somebody into doing the basics of the movement. And then as they learn those, you can start to expand their bubble, so to speak, of how much more they can start doing within that particular lift.
0: And that, that, it's kind of funny, because as I started noticing already, I can see people pigeonholing that. So we don't want to just do triple extension, because then you can probably create some imbalances, I'm assuming, if you don't eventually get to triple flexion, or am I off on that?
1: Well, the way that I would answer that is, <laughs> if, if you can do triple flex, people should be working flexion. People should be working triple flexion, because Especially if you're going to be in some type of athletic performance, but not even just athletic performance in everyday life, just walking, you have to have flexion. And the, and the less we use certain movements, the less we use tissues, you use it or lose it is the bottom line. So the less you use that and the less that you're training it in a position to where you can move through more full range of motion you're going to lose that range of motion. One, the tissues aren't able to accommodate that because they're not training it. proprioceptively. your body's not, it's not even aware that you're, you're, you're moving or not moving in those positions. And that's why people over time start widening their gait, shortening their gait, shuffling their gait, and doing all of Because if you don't use that, you're going to lose that. So long-winded answer yeah. Training triple extension is great, but if you're not training triple flexion with triple extension and training them together, then you're losing out on what you could be having. It's, it's, it's more incomplete.
0: By the way, folks, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Rodney, but by the way, you can go to Eleiko E-L-E-I-K-O dot inspire 360.com. I think that's where the. Uh,
1: go to Just go to Just go to eleco.com backslash education.
0: Backslash education. Okay. Elaco.com backslash education. Because I see some of the videos. I don't know if these are the ones you were referring to. I see new courses, tactical training, Elaco weightlifting, the clean, the jerk. Those are the ones?
1: So on the Elaco.com backslash education, you can click on the courses button and it'll take you right to where you're going to go. But as you scroll down on that page, it'll also give you a bunch of free resources that you can have access to. There's articles and blogs and videos and webinars and different things that we have on there.
0: There's great stuff here, folks. Uh, some of the some of the free resources, tactical training, how to program in less than ideal situations, getting back to baseline, optimizing immunity webinar. A lot of great stuff. I would definitely go check that out. And and I'll see if Rodney agrees with this. I mean, they got great videos on the snatch, the jerk, and the clean because some of these things you can't just so simply watch a video and think you can do it, especially if you're not conditioned. That could lead to big serious problems for you.
1: Yeah, the thing you the thing you don't want to do is if you've if you've ever, if you've not trained the lifts, is don't just go grab a bar, watch a video, and go out and try to do it. Uh, because one, you don't know what you're doing technically yet. And two, your body doesn't have a clue what you're trying to do. And that's where people, that's where people end up with usually it's it's a it's a shoulder injury when they try to go through their full motion because they're not they're not technically prepared for that yet. So if you have trained, you have seen it, you have done it. It's still wise to go through and learn the movement pattern with with something very light before you start jumping into weight. And that's where on the videos that we have, you can you can see how the progression works and how you can get from point A to point B in a little safer fashion.
0: That's the great thing about the the dowel. I think you mentioned that in the beginning? Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing.
1: Or even a so- broomstick if you got something at home.
0: Yeah, stick Before we get to seniors, because, um, yeah, folks, there's benefits for seniors as well. We're going to be taking a look at that. I'll ask Rodney about youth, uh, prepubescent youth we have under 11 or 12. Is there any benefit for them? But before we get to that, we'll stick with the athletes for a minute and then we'll get to different populations. But for I've done wrestling for a little while. I mean, No, I didn't grow up wrestling. Um, I started late, which is not the sport you want to start late. folks. But yeah, that's not definitely not one of them. But I did the wrestling. But I would love, I'm fascinated by these athletes because the amazing amount of explosivity, the training, the conditioning is just so outrageous. <laughs> um, what kind of benefits would they get from Olympic lifting?
1: Well, it really, it really is the same thing. So when you're when you're thinking about rate of force development, you're thinking about increasing power, increasing the speed of action. Um, how vital is that in wrestling? I mean, the, 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 the faster person, the person who can get to the position the fastest, ultimately is going to win. Provided that you you have the technique, you can hold it, you have some strength. So that's where they come into uh, play as, as such a vital tool. And this is where I'll go back into getting with, with the Olympic lifts. If You're getting that triple extension and flexion when you're learning how to actually make your body move. That's vital because in wrestling, that's how you have to be. You have to get down as fast as you have to be able to get up and be able to move. So it, some of the research around Olympic lifting has even shown that there's a transfer into change of direction mm-hmm. and people are like, well, how does that work? It works because of the rate of force development. When the body is able to change to change going from on to off and off to on real fast, it's able to take that and, and manipulate it and move it into. So you're not just, you're not just weight training and then you're going to go out and you're going to wrestle your weight training or doing your Olympic lifts with your wrestling so your body's taking what you're you're enhancing and it's transferring it into what it is that you're actually applying it to and that's where the benefits come in so whether you're a golfer whether you're a wrestler whether you're a runner it really doesn't matter the sport it's the lifts will enhance your body's ability to create that rate of force development how fast i can get that and then when you're doing your sport or you're doing your other practice sessions for your sport, it transfers that into that particular sport.
0: Interesting. I guess it's a good time to segue now. We'll go with youth first and then we'll go to seniors and I choose those two because they're they're very really special populations. Um and we know now with the youth at least we, i think we know now now they're saying no 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 weight training is actually good right if you're younger. I remember yesteryear when they used to say no nah, it stunts their growth they're all going to be small and it can't but now it's long gone. So how does Olympic lifting, lifting help a 10 year old?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting because some of the research, some of the, the more recent research around youth population and seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds, uh, the researchers all agree that that's actually a great time to start with weightlifting because of the plasticity of the nervous system. So their nervous system will be able to kind of gain that and that transcends into motor performance as you get older. So the more that we're capable of doing at younger ages within our ability level, we always, I always qualify that statement. If we're training people how to do the lifts when they're, when they're younger, and again, we're talking about dowel rods and PVC pipes to, to learn how to do these things. We're not talking about a 20-kilogram bar. And then if you're going to be training youth, and that's what I was at the Parisi Speed School down there in San Diego, is the conversation is we have technique bars that weigh 5 kilogram or 11 pounds, and we have the 10 kilogram, which are 22 pounds. You can use these technique bars as progressions. So I go from a dowel rod, and then all of a sudden now I'm lifting something that's 11 pounds instead of that. So there's ways to progress into the lifts, that is conducive to a younger population or, or any population, anyone who's starting for that. It doesn't have to be just the youth. Um, those are great for, for adults who are learning how to do it. But that's a, that's a prime time to learn because you're teaching them, when you think about the lifts, you're teaching them hinging techniques. You're teaching them squatting techniques. You're teaching them pulling or deadlifting techniques. So you're, you're pulling from the floor potentially. You're pulling from the knee. So you have to be able to hinge. You have to be able to squat. You have to be able to get your arms over your head. So all of these things are vital for most sports, whether you're going to swim. And that's where people, people say, well, we have a baseball player. We don't want to train overhead. Well, my question is, why wouldn't you train overhead? Where is their arm? Where is their arm when they're catching a the ball or they're throwing a the ball? They're not throwing underhand. So it's, it's how are you training their upper body? How are you training their overhead movements? And what's the load and volume that you're using for that based on their ability? So from a youth standpoint, that's a great time to actually start them. Just progress them to their ability level. And remember that not all children are at the same level. Some are a little bit more advanced. So don't train the ones who aren't quite as advanced at that time at a higher level. That's where, from a Lego standpoint, we have different positions and we have different actions that we've broken these lifts down into. Use the ones that are appropriate for the person that you're working with. And that covers that covers your bases. And that's the importance be- of, of learning what what to do with them, how to actually progress into them.
0: A great point. It really must help a lot the neuromuscular efficiency of every child too.
1: Anybody- it can. Absolutely, absolutely it can because that's neuromuscular efficiency is part of the rate of force production combined with the coordination factor am I able to turn on what I need to turn on when I need to turn it on and at the right amount mm-hmm. and so that's where the, the the lifts if I learn if I just learn from the hip and I learned how to come up and just doing this well can I hinge number one? And then can I hinge and shrug? And then can I hinge and shrug up onto my toes? So you can build this whole cycle into that. And pretty soon you have kids that are doing, and remember, kids have a nervous have a nervous system that is totally plastic. It's totally ready to change and you know, to just absorb everything if you give it the right amount at the right time. And so within a within a few months or a year, you have kids that are able to do a whole lot. There's 12-year-old girls who do lift twice as much as I ever could (laughs) just because they started when they were younger.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, The benefits of being young, Rod. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll head the other direction then. How about seniors? Uh, 65 and up, uh, they're looking at this going, you must be crazy. I'm not going to do any of this stuff, But but there are benefits from what I've been reading in some of the studies.
1: Just absolutely. And again, it, it's, it's the same principle, it's just with seniors. We know that seniors have the ability to, to gain or enhance performance with weight training, regardless of what the weight training is. They, they can still get hypertrophy, they can still get stronger, and they can still gain power. So we know all those factors happen. So all we're doing is we're giving them a, a specific lift. These lifts also have a process and there's, there's a variety of things to them, which is fantastic from a cognitive standpoint, because now you have to think and how much do seniors need that cognitive stimulation? We all do. So, I mean, I don't want to put it on seniors, but if you can start as a child with that, and those are things that you're doing, Olympic lifting is a way to actually stimulate cognition and stimulate brain activity because you're doing a lot of stuff in one lift. And I don't want to negate... Uh, a simple deadlift or, or just bicep curls because all of it is good. But when you have something that has a little bit more thought involved, there's more activity that's going on that only benefits and stimulates the brain. So that can help as we go through. And again, it's training the senior. I, I don't want to sound redundant, it, but it, it's training with the Olympic list does not have to be complicated. And there isn't like, well, you have to do this for seniors and you have to do this for the youth. It's what is their ability to start with and where are you going to start them? Are you gonna start them at the hip? Are you gonna start them at the knee? Are you gonna start them at the floor? What are they capable of doing is gonna dictate that. And then how much can they actually handle? Most people should start with a dowel rod or a PVC pipe to, to learn so for the motions. So for the senior population, it has the same benefits Only it might address things slightly different than the youth because the senior may need some motor variety to help stimulate cognition more so than the child. But nowadays, I we know that that's probably not the case anymore. Thirty years ago, it would have been the case, perhaps, but not not now because our children don't do tons of movement either. So,
0: oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Unfortunately that's um it always shouldn't crack me up but it's not a funny haha but it's more of a funny of really you can't figure it out there's an article that came out the other day that the obesity rate is is rising among children why (laughs) why well it doesn't make it uh, it's not rocket science to figure it out um no that's a great point about seniors because i have found especially the the hip hinge is huge for ADLs, right? Activities of daily living. It's great for them for lifting up, I don't know, laundry baskets to grocery bags and things of that nature. Not that they're heaving the grocery bags over their shoulders, but still, (laughs) you know what I mean? It seems to have a huge benefit for them.
1: Yeah. You're talking, again, you're you're, you're basically talking about hinging and squatting. How important are hinging and squatting in in ADLs? Massive. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, I don't squat. Well, if you're not sitting on the toilet, then how are you, are you getting down? <laughs> and how do you get down and get off the toilet? So, and, and how do you sit in a chair? And have, So all those things are all important. And then you bring in any type of shoulder motion or anything that you're going to go up above the head. We need to do that. Now, not every senior may have the thoracic spine mobility, may not have the shoulder mobility to go right into a snatch or to do a lot of cleans. But You can still do components of those lifts. You can still do the pulling derivatives, depending Mm -hmm. on who you're working with. And that's what people can do is using those lifts and using the different segments or derivatives of those lifts can be highly beneficial for everyone because it's working power. It's going to give you strength and it's going to give you some hypertrophy along with everything else that is bringing into the, the game for you.
0: By the way, folks, again, we're talking to Rodney Korn. You can find him over at LinkedIn. The website's Aleiko, E-L-E-I-K-O, E-L-E-I-K-O. You can find some of the videos over there that he's talking about right now. Some of those videos are there. Then we're going to get into another question in a minute. We're going to talk about our last two questions wrapping up here soon. Is nutrition, is there a specific nutrition uh, recommendation that Rodney would give? And then the second one is going to be, um, how important is it for the to the trainer to know it because i get the funny feeling you better hire somebody who knows this stuff instead of somebody who just says they know this stuff but <laughs> well, first questions first rodney uh nutrition do we have to specialize it like we know soccer you have to have a certain amount of carbs before you go into it would you recommend any kind of special micronutrients before going into powerlifting or olympic lifting? Well,
1: it's it's really an activity so most activities should have some form of carbohydrate involved you're going to need protein now, without getting specific you're going to get protein as as after following everything because protein is what's going to create the the building and getting all your your advantages taking place you need that along with the carbohydrates and you always want to have good fat so you need all you need you need a, a, a well-balanced diet for sure how you do it, and there's more specificity to that. And what type of supplementation you want to do with that? Whether you're doing some BCAAs, whether you're taking some other glutamine or some some creatine or different things. That's all. That's all individualized, and it depends on what what their needs are. But yeah, when you talk about activities, regardless of what type of training you're going to do, whether it's soccer, whether it's wrestling, you've got to have unless you're diving down and can't <laughs> you're trying to lose weight, but taking that out of the picture, you still need to have this the same basic valuable nutrition in the body. You've got to have some carbohydrates, you've got have some glycogen stored. You have to have protein because you have to have the recovery and you have to get, get the protein synthesis rolling. And then you have to have the carbohydrates to spare the protein so it's not being used for everything. And then you have to have some good fats because the body needs fats for, for a, a lot of reasons. So
0: no, nothing, nothing fancy,
1: nothing specific that needs to happen. For, for training okay. same thing you do for any type of resistance or weight training
0: and again this would be an interesting question because i know I, to me it sounds like it really is as, as huge as benefits you can get from olympic lifting but you really need to know how to do it right and as you mentioned over and over again it's about ability but ability to me starting to sound like we got to know where this person should start and progress appropriately so they don't jump ahead because maybe they're out of form as you mentioned and that can cause issues where now they're out of the game for three months because they hurt themselves. Um, so how do we know who do we pick in regards to Olympic lifting? Do we go to the, to the biggest, baddest crossfitter? I mean, what do we do?
1: No, you, you, you don't go to the biggest, (laughs) baddest of of anything because you want to make sure that they know how to do it. Now, obviously if, if you see that somebody is doing it very well, um, they might have more of an inclination, uh, I say to get well informed, and if it's a, if it's a consumer, if you're a consumer who's interested in this, um, we've had actually some of our live courses in, in, in our headquarters in Austin, we've had just consumers show up to our course to go through it because they wanted to learn themselves. They wanted to see and wanted to learn themselves. So I always I always am a huge fan of consumers getting educated on how do I do this and getting more than just a 10 second Instagram clip or a 10 second video clip of "oh, here's because that's only showing you what should be done. That's not showing you how should I do that? And how do I get to that point? So you want to break it down and, that, and that's why we created the, the video. So one, we have a, that course online. So there's an online weightlifting course that someone can take and, and it's the whole thing. And it talks about programming. It talks a little bit about mm-hmm. how to assess somebody or yourself to see where you're at and where you can go. Or if they don't want the full, the full course, then they can go just take the clean, the snatch or the jerk and learn how to do those in a little 45 minute course. And that's, again, on laco.com backslash education. So it's really about getting informed and, or find somebody who's who has some type of education in weightlifting.
0: So you're and talking you stay about
1: weightlifting, make sure it's Olympic, weightlifting because okay. people confuse weightlifting with weight training those are two different things
0: absolutely and you're talking about the aleco weightlifting level one online course
1: yes okay.
0: absolutely yeah that's a great point for those especially for trainers if you're looking to work with individuals and you're not as familiar with it that's a great time to start getting yeah. familiar with it
1: and what if you're mean? a trainer it comes with ceus too so you get some ceus with that
0: oh great yeah absolutely and I think it's good. It provides a lot of variety. And I think it's really enjoyable and very beneficial for your clients. Again, uh, nothing out of the LACO, folks. So if you're wondering, I don't. I found Rodney through it. I think it was an NSCA video that I was watching on YouTube. where I saw him on there. So I thought, I like him. Sounds smart. And I'm bringing him on. <laughs> so we brought him <coughs> on. And I was right. So there you go. Um, on the weightlifting, what was I going to ask you now? I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, so this is not a knock against crossfitters but if i might tell me if i'm right here or not uh crossfitters because sometimes people might just go to a crossfit hey teach me olympic weightlifting but they may have it designed for what they want for their goals and may not be able to relate that to other goals that people may have am i off on that or are they diverse enough to be able to do it yeah and they?
1: and you know Dr. says that's that's really across the board it doesn't matter who you are there's everyone kind of has has something they're doing. So it's not just CrossFit, but if you're a CrossFitter and you've never done them and you go into that, CrossFit does have the ability to do cuz there's there's so many different derivatives. And when I say derivative, I mean it's just a variation of a clean or a snatch that they can do. They may do them speed, so they're just doing real fast and then so is is if that person that can happen. So you just want to be careful that you're not learning just something. You want to make sure that you're learning What am I supposed to do? And you're slowly progressing to that. That means you're slowly progressing the speed from a slow speed to a more optimal power type speed. You're you're progressing the motion from a smaller range of motion to a bigger range of motion. You don't need to learn the full lift in in the first session. That's not necessary, especially if you've never done it. Learn components of a lift. Practice that. And as you get better, then start adding on to it. So that's what you want to look for. Are you going slow to fast? Are you going simple to complex? And are you learning bits of, of it that you're working on to try to master that? Because once you know how to do the lifts and you're, you're fairly accomplished at it, then doing different speed versions and different variations of it, then that, that's much easier and a little safer for you as well.
0: Well, last question. I was kind of curious. I have seen some individuals use kettlebells.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How, what, do you, what do you feel about that?
1: I think, I think it's all great. I think it's all great. And sometimes using a kettlebell is easier for some people than using a barbell. And so whether you're doing a kettlebell clean or a kettlebell snatch, they're still good. They're, they're a little different. So you're going to get a little different. Usually in a kettlebell snatch, you're not getting a lot of triple, not a ton of triple extension or, and, and not a lot of hit triple flexion. So it's a little bit more of a standing. But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes that's a great variety. The body loves variety. So sometimes throwing in those, people have done, done them with dumbbells as well. And you can still do a lot of that with dumbbells. So those are okay. And sometimes those are good progressions and it gets people to, to learn how to do a specific type of motion that helps them progress into using a barbell or using something else. So I, I'm, I'm good with all of those exercises. It always goes back to, as long as you're learning appropriately, And it's to your ability level. Awesome.
0: Again, folks, Eleiko, E-L-E-I-K-O. Go check them out. They got the weightlifting level one online course. They got the clean. They got the jerk. They got the snatch. Each individual videos as well. And a whole bunch of other free resources. You won't be disappointed when you head over there. Rodney, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us.
1: My pleasure, Dr. Vasquez. I appreciate you.
0: That was great stuff. Great stuff. Olympic lifting is for everybody, folks. It really is. It isn't just for the Olympic athletes. As much as we love them, it isn't just for them. So if you have young children, if you have grandparents, then, hey, get them involved if you're a trainer incorporated. You know what to do. Share, subscribe, and hit that like button. You know we like it. Go lift olympically. If that's even a word.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get
0: lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?